Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Jose Young's here, the MMAfighting.com, with new microphone, so we're golden on there. Uh, I'm back in Phoenix, sitting to my left, but is it right on the screen? I don't know. People watching, you can see Pete Carroll celebrating something or other. I hear he wrote a big article that's blowing up over there in Ireland, so maybe he'll talk about it for us. Uh, but as always, Jose Young's here, host of the A-Side. Uh, last week, I had the great fortune of doing a as I think Esther Lynn called it, extra live A-side, because we were live in the same room together with Danny Segura in New York City. I had a UFC 244, but we're back. Got the bookshelf behind me. PC Carroll is here. You guys, every single week on Twitter goes, when is PC coming back? When is PC coming back? When is PC coming back? And I always say, you tell me. All you got to do is supply and demand, my friend. High demand, PC will come back. So, PC, we haven't seen you in a while. Uh, what's happening? Tell them what really happened. Uh, what really happened was I was like, I'm not coming back on unless you dye your hair blonde, platinum yeah. blonde. And yeah. th- this is why this is why this happened. So thanks very much for accommodating me, Jose. You look beautiful as always. I, I think it's a new look. I-, I think you're carrying it off very well, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. It was silver for a while. I think it was silver right when I got to New York. And then New York Fight Week kicked my ass. So now we're back to blonde. Uh, P.C. Carroll is apparently <laughs> a huge, huge fan of the Lost Boys movie. Uh, and also a huge fan of, I can't remember his name, the guy from Blade Runner, the bad guy with the platinum blonde hair. I can't remember. Wesley Snipes? No. What? Get out of here. Did you just say Wesley Snipes? And oh, sorry. Was it I, thought, I, thought said, I thought you said, I thought you meant Blade. And then I was thinking of, I was about I was to thinking fly about... over to, I was about to fly <laughs> over to Ireland and fist fight you sir thinking wesley snipes is in blade runner i've I've never seen blade run blade runner the the old one or the new one so what are you gonna do about that i there you go add that to the list of another film that people get upset with me for not seeing i am at a loss for words pc carroll is truly a lost soul ladies and gentlemen but as always pc carroll look what i brought you I got oh my crystals. shit! It's crystals time, yo. I got my I, I got know. my crystals. My energy is good. Uh, people that are listening, that are only listening, uh, I am holding up my necklace of crystals uh, that I told Pete <laughs> I would have. It is r- <laughs> sitting right here, hanging on my microphone for all the posy energies, uh, as the millennials call it these days. I know Pete Carroll can't even look at me right now. Do you know? I'm trying to find something that I could bring here, but I don't have anything. Like I have a scissors. You have you have a scissors. I have a scissors. Pizza Carol says. Spare budget battery. There you go. Not even a Duracell. This is an own brand battery. So I'm I'm coming in. I'm coming in. I have my crystals with me. I'm ready to go. And what does Pizza Carol say? I have a scissors and a what is it? A uh, discount battery. And also a, a a poo bag for my dog when he needs to go on a walk. There you go. I'm a responsible dog owner. I'm at a loss for words right now. This is why, you know what? I tell you what. I was in New York, and do you know how many people came up to me or tweeted at me? Like, I was, I saw, like, some fans in line or whatever, and I, I was walking on the concourse. Somebody yelled, Jose Young's A-side. And I was like, hey. And he's like, where's your crystal? And I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> 
And then you know some we, we got some fans tweeting at us. Someone brought crystals to the fight. Uh yes. gosh, I can't remember. I'm I'm at I'm this is gonna be bad. She's a long time listener and yeah, I cannot remember for the life. She's God, if she listen if she's listening right now, I'm very sorry. I'll find out I'll remember your name Jess? by the end, it always happens. Is it what? Her name Jess? Something like that. Yes. She always oh, tweets yeah, she's, she's, she's always tweeting about the crystals for us. She brought a pocket full of crystals. Uh Oh man, this is gonna bother me. But anywho, yeah, I'm have to look. I'm sorry. Anywho, uh, we're get, there's a lot of crystal talk coming. I don't know if you saw our coffee talk with Danny Segura, Casey Lydon, and Esther Lynn. Uh, but naturally, we had to bring a lot of uh, crystals into the forefront. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. We could talk about crystals for the next five hours. But instead, we're going to talk about fist fighting for the next hour and maybe 10 minutes as Pizzi tries to figure out who the A-side's pound-for-pound number one crystal-loving fan is <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but for those of you just tuning in, Jose, Pizzi, we're here. Uh, as always, this is not our show. This is your guys' show. You can ask the questions on MMAfighting.com. You can find the post. You can leave your comment in the comment section. Uh, the ones in green will get prioritized, or you can use hashtag the A-side on Twitter to leave your questions. Last week, we got to every single Twitter question. The week before that, we got to most of the Twitter questions. So we're going to try and keep that socket going. But, Pizza, we're going to jump right into it. First question on MMAfighting.com from longtime commenter Rob Holland. And for those of you listening, I am reading it off an iPad, so I am looking off screen. Uh, Lee and Till, good day, gentlemen. What a weekend it was. Which fighter needed his win the most, Kevin Lee or Darren Till? And who's next for these guys? I still think both need a bit of a, well, not a tune-up fight, but they don't need to start thinking about top three killers. What's your thoughts? So, yes, Pizzi, uh, two big wins for two fighters that were in desperate need of a victory. Kevin Lee coming off that loss to Rafael Dos Anjos when he was jumping up to welterweight. Before that, he came up short to Ayla Quinta on the last ever UFC on Fox card uh, last December in Milwaukee. He ended up decapitating Gregor Gillespie with one of the best head kicks I've seen, if not ever. Uh, it's right up there with the uh, Edson Barbosa, Holly Holm, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. That was one of the most violent head kicks I've ever seen, and our own Esterlin captured every single moment of it. Uh, I highly suggest you go look at her work from this past week, and she was on an absolute another level. Unbelievable. Unbel- like, she's the she's the best of all time, and she was on another level this weekend. But also, Darren Till picked up a big win. Wasn't nearly as exciting as Kevin Lee, but snapped a, a, a losing streak that included a knockout lo- uh, submission loss to Tyron Woodley and a violent knockout loss uh, to Jorge Masvidal, moves up in weight to middle, from welterweight to middleweight, taking on Kelvin Gastelum, who's coming off arguably the fight of the year, if not one of the greatest fights of all time. Three-round co-main event, Madison Square Garden, all kinds of visa issues, fight week from hell. Which fighter was in more desperate need of a victory, and what, did, what is next for that fighter in your mind? I, I guess I'm going to be biased because I'm in Europe, but the 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 conversation about Darren Till and Kelvin Gastelum from the second it was announced was, you know, wh- why are they matching Darren Till with this guy? This is not giving him uh, his best opportunity to impress a middleweight by putting him up there against one of the best fighters at middleweight. Uh, I thought it was a brilliant fight uh, from him. I thought I know it wasn't the most exciting fight in the world, but that doesn't mean it wasn't incredibly skillful and incredibly measured. Um, I think it's it's unbelievable that he had come off two stoppage losses, went through a nightmare fight week, and somehow tried to, somehow managed to come away with that victory. It's unbelievable. But I do think the UFC have snookered themselves to a certain extent because where do you go with Till from here? He's just bet the guy who was pushed the champion, Israel Asadnia, further than anyone else in the division where do you, how can you 
how can you go back to a fighter, say, 15 to 10, which would have made sense uh, for his debut in the division after doing that? I think it's very difficult. I think that's really, you know, they, they've kind of snookered themselves in that regard, I believe. Like, because, of course, Till's been talking about Stoilbender since the get-go here. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't think it's likely, but I can see the same kind of things getting um, thrown around if they do make a fight like that with, with, with another high echelon fighter. You know, one fight in the division and he's already fighting for the title. Remember, there was also a lot of questions around when he got the title shot against Tyron Woodley because Kobe Covington was at play and stuff like this. Um, I, I think it's very hard to uh, understand who he's going to fight next. I'm very excited about the prospect that Darren Till possibly fighting Adesanya and uh, Paolo Costa in the future, but I think it's very difficult to match him. Like, I mean... I, I imagine, you know, come March in London, the annual European showcase show, like he's going to have a very prominent spot. Um, who would he fight? Maybe someone like Cannoneer, maybe someone like Hermanson. I don't really know. Nothing really seems really obvious to me for Till going forward. Yeah, Darren Till's performance, I think if he, we were talking about uh, before on the last week's A-side when we were talking about like, what do you make of like, is this, an, who's next for Israel Adesanya now that Paulo Costa is on the shelf for a little while, and I know his coach has kind of refuted that, but uh, nonetheless, if he is out for a while, who would be the next logical contender? And, like, Jared Cannonier seemed to be the most logical choice. He was the next man up. He actually was on standby for this fight. He weighed in, missed weight, but still cut weight, flew to New York. Uh, but both Danny and I agreed that if Darren Till and Casey agreed that if Darren Till had a really strong performance against Kelvin Gastelum, the UFC might fast-track him into a fight against Israel Adesanya if, if they if they didn't go with the Yolo Romero fight. Uh, I don't know if this is the type of win that would get him that fast track because at the end of the day, it's not like he went out there and starched Kelvin Gastelum. It wasn't like, I, I don't know how it came off through the broadcast, but I was sitting Octagon side. Fans were not happy at all. They were booing that fight. Uh, every time Kelvin clinched up against the fence, they would yell fight. Uh, I had a bunch of uh, uh, fans behind me from your part of the pond uh, screaming for them to fight. They were, they were, they were, they were desperate for some sort of action. Uh, what they weren't saying the. What kinds, do I say to those people? I'll, I'll, like I think that's stupidity. Like if I you do. Can't watch I agree. That, I agree. I don't. I did not have to. To be fair, I didn't have a problem with how the fight played out. Uh, Darren won fair and square. Kelvin didn't really argue it. Uh, he was a little disappointed in his own performance that he. he I, there's a lot to make of, of Kelvin's mindset coming in because, like I said, Darren Till had the fight week from hell. You really have to wonder. Because uh, Darren, I think, got into New York, what, like 48 hours before the fight or something like that. Uh, I, you have to wonder if Kelvin mentally checked out. Uh, maybe he didn't know if the fight was going to happen at the end of the day. So maybe his head wasn't in the mindset. And then Dar uh, Darren Till finally landed and he had to turn it back on. I don't know. That's just me speculating. Uh but Darren won fair and square, but I don't know if that was the type of performance that will really catapult him to a title shot right away. Uh, I think he's, what, number six or five now? He went from unranked five. to five. So who's next? Who would you like to see Darren Till fight next? I don't want to give him a Yolo Romero. Uh, I wouldn't want uh, – I don't want to give him Jared Cannonier. Maybe someone like a Derek Brunson. Uh, he's – the type of guy you kind of like he fought the, he fought Robert Whitaker he fought Israel Adesanya and then those wins kind of catapulted them into the next step uh what do you think should be next uh for Darren Till I mean people don't like this but I'm like why why not Hermanson like he, he was yeah it's kind of near just stole stole all his momentum and now he's the guy at the forefront of the division but 
had Herm- Hermansen beat him and got this massive ovation in Copenhagen, it would have been very hard to deny him at least a, a spot in the conversation. Like, I mean, if he had won that and this had happened with Costa and Adesanya, who's to say Hermansen wouldn't have got that shot? Like, you know what I mean? Coming mm-hmm. off the wins that he had. Um, and it also would be, they could market it as like Europe's best middleweight, you know, or something like that. If that they is very good Hermansen- point. Yeah, and they could put that on the London card. It would make sense to be a main event. In that, like we're going to de- determine on the European Showcase card who is the best European middleweight uh, active in the UFC at the moment. Like that would probably work because they did it with Adesanya until last year, right? Was that last year? And and um, you know, Masvidal hadn't fought in so long, and I know people will say, you know, you're crazy saying this, but it was all till the A side on that fight. Like I mean. Masvidal was coming off that reality TV show, and I know it's astronomical what he's done in just three fights, but honestly, if you were there, uh, he made a very interesting, Jorge did, but I mean, it was all till. You know, that that's the story of Masvidal, just snatching up all this momentum and becoming the biggest star in the UFC, arguably, you know? And I remember that press conference, uh, all the arguing was between Darren Till and Leon Edwards. And then Hori Mazda yeah, say, yeah. "Hey, does anyone have the Wi-Fi password?" Uh, so I remember when they an- I remember when they announced that card. I was confused why they didn't make it Darren Till versus Leon Edwards, and then make Hori Mazda versus Gunnar Nelson. But we saw how that played out. Both uh, Hori Mazda won, Leon Edwards won. Uh, I think if they they could have done that at Leon Edwards versus Darren Till fight to determine who the best like UK welterweight I, is. I thought that was I thought that made a lot of sense too. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure Masvidal's happy with the way it played out anyway, you know what I mean? And and, and to some extent, like, the Leon Edwards, like, even though he, he came off the worst of that kind of, the, the let's be honest, assault backstage, um, <laughs> it's still a it's still a uh, an interesting thing there. It's still boring away in the background. I know Leon doesn't have the, anywhere near the same pull as, as Masvidal does now, but that is not going away. That will never go away. Oh, Until my. they settle that in the cage, it's never going away. Oh, 100%. I mean, we were doing the coffee talk, and we were talking about, like, what's next for Harry Masvidal, who's next for the title shot, this and that. And I had to be like, hey, guys, what about Leon Edwards? And Casey audibly laughed and said, I forgot about Leon Edwards. Or as, uh, what is, uh, I think, or, or Kamara Usman or Colby Covington, one of them calls him Leon Scott, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Dude, what is Leon Scott? I don't even know what I don't is. know, what but it's, it do- I have no idea, but it's hilarious to me. Uh, they just don't call oh, him by his name. But like Le- Leon Edwards was like the genesis, was like at the genesis of this whole BMF championship. Like Jorge Masvidal knocks out Darren Till, and then he three pieces. Imagine Jorge Masvidal not fighting Leon Edwards backstage, and we never get three piece in a soda, and like the the cult following of Jorge Masvidal like doesn't begin. Like that three piece uh, in a soda re- was really have- kickstarted it. Yeah, and we wouldn't have all those people just writing three piece on a soda all the time on Twitter after everything, either regarding Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards, and that's so much fun. It's so much fun, and like I and uh, Jorge Masvidal has done all the media rounds. He's done all the guest fighter spots. He he was at UFC Uruguay. He was in UFC Mexico. He was in UFC 241 Anaheim. He did the ATT Media Day. He's done all the ESPN stuff. But his first one was the UFC Uruguay card, and our our own Guillermo Cruz was there, and. He did like the guest fighter scrum with Hori Masvidal. And Hori Masvidal said, it might not be next, and I don't know when it's going to happen, but he's going to erase Leon Edwards from, the, from planet Earth. That's what he wanted to do. He wants to fight you, Leon you Edwards. Know, it's just a matter of when. 
No, man, that's not true. Like, if you even mention Leon Edwards to Jorge Masvidal now, now. could an interview short. But like, so, that's I mean, now. Now this was this was months ago, right after the first Ben yeah. the Ben Askren fight. Hey, uh, watch watch my interview with him in London. He he went crazy because I asked him a question, but it was brilliant. Like, I mean, as much as he's giving me shit and all, it was fantastic. Do you know what I mean? That moment yeah. was. Right, I was loving it. Like I was like smiling my face, but um, I was joking about the three piece in Minnesota. If you comment on their articles with that every single time, don't talk to me. I am. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's it's like the thing about the BMF title thing. Um, it's whatever. Um, really, you know, fun. Built that fight up or or whatever. People always talking about like you know Leon isn't this bad guy or whatever. Do you not read the article that came out on ESPN? This guy grew up in Gangland, Birmingham. Like, and in case That's you didn't know. Saying. That is as rough as a dog's arse out there, lads. Like, I mean, <laughs> they are they are some hardcore people. Um, so oh I, I think I think when he released that, I was kind of going, all these people like, oh, you don't want this smoke. He's been in some pretty heavy smoke in his time, Leon Edwards. Believe me, him and Fabian. It's a, it's a compelling yeah. story that we're going to keep on unwrapping as, as his star grows and as Fabian continues to ascend. But uh, they have an amazing story, too. Uh, they just aren't as forthcoming with it, I'd say. Yeah, Leon Edwards just needs one of those. Like he did that that win over Rafael dos Anjos was big. It was like a big main event fight in San Antonio, United States, isn't that? But he doesn't have he doesn't have that like highlight that everyone points to, like Masvidal knocking out Till and knocking out Ben Askren and Kamara Usman dominating Ty Woodley and Colby Covington's like MAGA gimmick. Like he doesn't have anything that will really separate him from the pack i feel like and kind of put him at he seems like the lost contender but, right but now from a from, yeah I, I understand that but from a pure sport point i of agree view, oh see what he's doing to people he's fucking sublime like, I, I i just yeah. like if you the same way as like if people are really booing that tail performance against gaslam and they don't see like how how difficult it is to to get a win in a new division against a guy who's an absolute killer and they just completely write it off because they weren't jumping up and down for 15 minutes I mean, that's just stupidity to me. I, I don't really have anything else to say about that. Oh, I, 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 I'm on your side. I'm, I'm not saying it was exciting. Yeah. It, I'm not saying it was exciting. It wasn't. Like, win I mean, is a win. Leon, like, Leon, I believe Leon Edwards has the longest win streak in the welterweight division right now, outside of I think maybe Colby and Kamara. I'm not sure, but the last person Usman, he lost yeah, to, the last one he lost to is Kamara Usman. So, like, if you're looking at it from just a sports perspective, Leon Edwards should be fighting for the the title if in one of his next few fights. I think personally I like seeing fight Tyron Woodley, maybe in that like he said maybe that co-main event of the Conor the supposed Conor McGregor card in January. If he go if he gets a co-main event fight against Tyron Woodley in Las Vegas on a Conor McGregor card and goes out there and beats Tyron Woodley, I he he deserves a title shot now. He probably deserves a title shot then too. Uh well, not even probably. But how, but how, He's a million miles away from it, though. Like as far like even I talked to Fabian, there might be an article coming out on my fighting soon about this. But you know, Tyron Woodley's talking about fighting Canelo Alvarez. Like I yeah. mean, this is a million yeah. miles away from Canelo Alvarez. And look, when you're Tyron Woodley, you're a champion. You know, lesser fighters have had problems signing on the dotted line with Leon because of his stock. Like yeah. it's 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 hard to believe that like Tyron will just get a con like Leon Edwards like absolutely and just sign it. You know, yeah. I just. I think it's going to be a lot more difficult than that. Yeah, then who who do you think Leon Edwards should fight? Who do you think he will fight next? Oh no, I think that's perfect. I think I think if that can happen, that that's a great idea. I think um, we got we got to see how this main event between Kamaru and Colby plays out anyway. Because if Colby Covington goes out there and wins, how are they not going to book Hori Masvidal and Colby Covington? Absolutely. 
You have to. Have maybe to. International Fight Week, and then maybe Kamaru rematches Leon Edwards. Like, there's stuff that has to play out. Plus, this that is con- such a that is such a like shit draw of cards for Leon, isn't it? I like, know. Yeah, you get this, I know. You get the it, lad who bet you last like a few years ago, and you've gone on this unbelievable streak. He has your number. It's very hard to fight and win against the guy who's already beaten you, and that's what you get. And then you might get a title shot. And Ten then you might get straight. a title shot. But Hormoz. <laughs> Corey Monswell did say he had to heal his hands up to be at, at the at his post fight press conference, and I know Conor McGregor wants to fight him really bad, uh, but Corey Monswell might be on the shelf for a while as it is, so he might not be ready till the summer. Nate Diaz has to heal his cut. I'm sure we're going to talk about that later, so he might be on the shelf for the summer. The welterweight division Boy, was he is fighting. Was he fighting last weekend? Nate, Nate Diaz. Yeah? He was. There was a little bit of there was a little what? bit of a scrap he was in. Oh Jesus! I didn't hear, man. But Shit. We'll, we're gonna move on. <laughs> we're gonna move along. Uh, actually, we didn't even talk about Kevin Lee. The question also mentioned Kevin Lee, who actually. Absolutely but you decapsed. asked me to pick one. You so asked then, me to pick one. I picked one. So then we'll talk. We have we have to talk about Kevin Lee. Uh, looked better than ever. His first fight at TriStar. Uh, he said backstage that this was like the first fight he really had since the passing of Robert Falls, who was his coach and life mentor. That he really had someone put together a game plan, like a strategy and everything, and he followed it to a T. He needed that general it behind him that could really kind of push him in the right direction. Uh, and you saw what happened. Kevin Lee absolutely decapitated uh, Greg Gillespie. He said something very interesting. I didn't get to follow up, but uh, like before this, I think that both of us can agree his best performance was the Edson Barbosa fight where he absolutely dis- dismantled Edson Barbosa. And I think that was the second fight since the passing of Robert Fallis, and that was the last fight he heard Robert Fallis in his head. He was like talking to himself during the fight, like this is what coach would say. And then after that, he ended up losing two, and now he's back in the win column now that he has Faraz Sahabi behind. Uh, but who would you like to see Kevin Lee fight next? He said he wants to fight Islam Makachev in Russia. Like, he specifically wants him to fight in Russia. Russia's obviously this weekend, so he, that's not happening. And he goes, Is, Islam Makachev called him out. So a media member, I think it was Louis Green, uh, friend of the site, said, Islam Makachev wants to fight you next. And Kevin Lee goes, is it in Moscow? And she said, no. And he seemed disappointed that he wasn't going to be able to fight Islam Makachev on enemy territory. Do you like that fight? And if not, who should Kevin Lee fight next? I actually do like that fight because I've been very kind of, I've just not been excited about who Islam has been fighting. And I feel like there's all this talk of him being this uber prospect and stuff, but I feel like they've just, consistently matched them with opponents of the same level and um, so i actually i really like that fight and um you know i wonder if it would play out like it did with javi where it's just like two excellent grapplers going out on the feet i feel like kevin lee after a head kick knockout like that yeah. i mean you'd be wild not to favor him right in that in that kind of situation but i do feel as though islam needs that step up kevin lee is a guy with a lot of name value so I think it makes both it sense from both angles that that's what Lee's looking for, 100%. Uh, the only other one I like, if he wants to fight Islam, but he seems to really enjoy fighting people in enemy territory, like Greg Gillespie is a New York native and he fought him in MSG. Uh, didn't they just, isn't there an Auckland card coming up in New Zealand? Why not fight Dan Hooker in Auckland in the main event of, a, of an ESPN Plus card? Did they announce the Auckland card? I don't know. If, I can't. I remember seeing rumors of it, but if they're going to Auckland, I, I know early, Dan Hooker was talking about it for sure. Yeah. If they're going to Auckland early 2020, Kevin Lever, if Kevin Lee's looking to fight someone in enemy territory in a main event, I mean Dan Hooker in Auckland is the way to, is the match the fight to make. I think that's a phenomenal fight. It's interesting with um, with uh, Kevin Lee, right? And just I know we just spoke about Leon, but I, I can remember when he fought halfway all the Sanyos. Like when he when he made was that welterweight debut right yeah. and it didn't go according one, to plan. It was one of one, yeah. 
Yeah, and people were like, if he beats Rafael Dos Anjos, he's straight into that title mix. And you're like, Leon did that as eight fight, <laughs> eight win in a row, and he can't get no love. Like, I mean, it's it's incredible. Someone says in the comment section on YouTube, uh, Leon Edwards versus uh, Wonderboy Thompson, who also picked up a big win in MSG. I like that fight. Uh, someone else yeah, said... Yeah, I mean... Someone says Leon Edwards versus Damian Maia, who's coming off that big win over Ben Askren, I think three in a row. I don't know if Leon Edwards will take that fight, but I like the Wonderboy fight a lot. Yeah, like, and I mean, Wonderboy... Like, I mean, I feel like people weren't bowled over enough by what uh, Edwards did against Gunny, like a, a specialist on the ground like that. So if he goes and he does it against a specialist in the striking department, um, like Wonderboy, that's another massive feather in his camp. But again, like, I can understand Leon's frustration here, like, he wants a fight where it's undeniable that he fights for the title if he wins. Whereas Wonderboy is on a one-fight winning streak. Yeah. You know, like, is that enough? Like, I know he was sensational yeah. against UK. It's a big name, I guess. That's the only thing. Like, people really like... People tune in to watch Wonderboy fight. Uh, Wonderboy is a two-time title contender. And uh, if he goes out there and maybe beat... It stops Stephen Thompson... And then he goes, look what I did that the champion couldn't do. Like, Tyron Woodley had 10 rounds against Wonderboy and couldn't stop him. Like, Leon Edwards goes out there and stops him. Maybe that could be something he could point to, but who knows? But Leon Edwards isn't stopping anyone. I know. Uh, I like, know. He isn't a prolific stoppage, stoppage guy. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a big gamble to take. Like, I'm going to go out here and stop Wonderboy. Let me play devil's advocate, I'll... Pizzi. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Whatever. Also, I want to give out to shout out to that. Our longtime listener, Jessica Napick, who's our, the, our I told on you Team Crystal. Jessica. Team Crystal. Uh, you can go find her on Twitter. She's a she's on Team Crystal. Uh, she actually tweeted a picture of she was holding all of her crystals in the crowd at the Madison and Madison Square Garden during <laughs> the fight, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. So round of applause for you, Jessica. Uh, if anyone sees me or specifically Pizzi, just hand us some crystals, and we're all about it. Uh, I also got a comment saying Roy Batty's the name that I forgot from Blade Runner. Pete Carroll obviously knows who that is because he's the biggest Blade Runner fan on planet Earth, especially the one starring Wesley Snipes because we live in an alternate universe where Pete Carroll's making up movies now. Look, I'm a big Wesley Snipes fan. I've seen all this stuff. Yeah, name five. <laughs> uh, Passenger 57. Uh-huh. Money Train. Uh-huh. Demolition Man. Well, okay, okay. Demolition Man's the one to go to. So I was, if you weren't going to say that, I was going to come over there again. Blade. You just get to name all three Blades now. Blades one, two, three. <laughs> and then what's the, what's the new Eddie Murphy film? Dolomite. He's in that as well. Thank you very much. Five. What do I get? Crystals, please. You get more crystals. <laughs> but we're going to move right along from another question from Rob Holland. What does John Jones want? Early 2019, John said stated he wanted to compete as often as often as possible and keep knocking down contenders. His options are now Corey Anderson or Dominic Reyes. He doesn't seem interested in either, nor is he moving up to heavyweight. He is the champ. He should defend against the next guy, plain and simple. It's one of the reasons Holloway is so likable as champion. So what should John Jones do, and what will he do? So yes, Pizza Carroll, Corey Anderson, a very angry, fired up uh, Corey Anderson goes out there and tears through Johnny Walker. Gets on, gets on the mic backstage, says he's the number one contender. He's the most deserving. Doesn't care if Dominic Reyes fights John Jones first. He's next fight. He wants to fight for the championship of the world. Doesn't care who it is. Uh, he just wants that title shot. Uh, most fired up I've ever seen Corey Anderson. The most we've ever talked about Corey Anderson in our life probably uh, was his comments after. And then he goes out there and apologizes to Johnny Walker and apologizes for this and that. But uh, 
John Jones said something like, there goes my early Christmas present or something like that. I think he was referring to maybe fighting Johnny Walker in December, which I obviously John Jones was getting a lot of questions about Johnny Walker. And then he, he sees what happens when Corey Anderson fights Johnny Walker. Maybe John Jones was hoping Johnny Walker would win so he could go out there and do that to someone that people keep asking him about. Uh, but what did you make of Corey Anderson's performance? Uh, should he fight John Jones next? Dominic Reyes knocked out Chris Weidman, I think, two weeks prior. Two big contenders at light heavyweight. If you're Dana White, who do you want John Jones to fight first? Um, I, Like, I can see why Jones isn't pushed, if I'm going to be completely honest, you know. Um, but I thought Corey was exemplary. Um, right up, right back to when he did that interview with you, right? At the Dominance yeah, MMA media. Yeah, Like, he had my attention that day. I was like, holy shit, he needs to talk like this way more. And I love when he has a chip on his shoulder. I felt for a long time, like even when I was over in um, Hamburg, who did he beat in Hamburg? Uh, Glover, was it? Uh, he, he beat someone in Hamburg. Was it Ilir Latifi? Maybe it was, yeah. yeah. He has and, wins uh, over I remember, Yeah, he had, he had like this, I could feel like the, he, there was so much more that he wasn't saying that he wanted to say. And then you finally kind of, it felt like at that media day, he just went, fuck it, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> and he said it, and then he carried that into fight week. And then I loved it. I loved seeing that raw emotion. Like, you can't fake that. There was no. nothing manufactured. There was nothing choreographed about that. That's a man that's pissed off. Like, and uh, I love that shit, man. Like, keep, keep giving us that. Like, and if that keeps simmering, like, if he can keep up that momentum with that kind of stuff, people are going to keep paying attention. So, I mean, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to have Dominic Reyes fight John Jones let Corey get a bit more pissed off, do a few more interviews, and, and suddenly people might be chomping at the bit to uh, to see that fight, you know? It, it's just, it's just will Corey be happy enough to kind of hedge his bets? And I don't think he will. He, he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. He's a very hard worker. All, his whole life is made up of, of kind of overcoming adversity. Despite being knocked back, he keeps going. He keeps going. So I feel like he is going to fight again, even if he doesn't get Jones. But... Um, I feel like that's a that's a storyline that's only going to keep building and building because uh, he certainly has he if he didn't have a lot of people's attention he certainly does after that man unbelievable and I mean what about what about the exact thing you need to do to make a statement just with a performance against Johnny Walker this guy that's putting out everyone so quickly he absolutely starched him man like he 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 destroyed Johnny Walker you know what I mean and um I don't think you could ask I think it was an A plus weekend from Corey Anderson even though I'm sure Dana White wasn't bowled over by it it was an A plus weekend for Corey Anderson as far as I'm concerned yeah he actually and he beat Glover to share in Hamburg and then beat Eli Latifi uh in Englewood California USC 232 last year but I'm, yeah Corey Anderson uh, the thing he has going against him is backstage someone asked him like what if they don't give you the title shot what if they continue to overlook you and he said then release me I don't need the UFC. I like being oh, in the yeah. UFC. I'm just like, don't say that because then J Dana White at the post-fight press conference kind of – he seemed to have, a, have had enough of Corey Anderson. He's like, well, then you can fight out your contract, and if you don't want to resign, you can resign. Like you say, release me and this and that. You think – I don't know if Dana – but like Casey, our cameraman had this excellent point where it seems like these fighters that beef with Dana White in the UFC, their stock grows just from arguing. Yeah. Like Nate Diaz and Colby Covington have – significant issues with the UFC and they've kind of become these people that kind of get pushed to the front because they're 
everyone hates every everyone can relate with someone hating their boss like if when you work in a nine to five job you hate your boss so they see a fighter arguing with their boss it's the same reason stone cold steve austin is the most popular wrestler of all time because he his main feud was with vince mcmahon who is the boss of wwe everyone can relate with arguing with their boss they see fighters arguing with their boss they can get behind that i think Corey anderson arguing with dana white might blow up in his face in terms of the UFC not giving him what they what he wants. You kind of saw that happen to Colby Covington where he got skipped over a few times for UFC title shots. But at the end of the day, we're talking about Corey Anderson and a very fired up Corey Anderson. You yourself said that got your Corey Anderson got has your attention now for what Dana White said. Uh, he said that they like Dana White goes Corey Anderson's turned down fifty fights. He's doing this. He's doing this and doing this. And finally, I think you said it perfectly. He said enough is enough. Here's my piece. I'm tired of like maybe Matt. Like I think John Jones said he wants mask off. Corey Anderson now has his mask off, and we're seeing exactly what Corey Anderson's saying now. Uh, I love it. I want to see Corey Anderson fight for the title next over Dominic Reyes, specifically because I want to keep this momentum Corey Anderson has live. Where uh, he actually remember he confronted John Jones in an autograph signing too. Like he went out and sought John Jones down and called him out to his face. I want that Corey Anderson to fight for the title next. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, I mean, he he definitely deserves that. And just to your point about people beefing with Dana White, look at Conor McGregor, man. Yeah. He retired and then came back and fought the biggest fight ever with, um, well, it was the biggest fight ever up until he'll be, with, with Diaz too. Mm-hmm. And from there, he takes some momentum from that bout into the champ champ situation with Eddie Alvarez. I mean, like it's, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I did, fair play to Casey. I knew you couldn't think of that. I knew it was Casey. Oh, so come smart on, and handsome. Man. You Love say- you, Casey. Love don't, you. Hope you're don't, okay. Don't 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 let Casey hear you. You, you don't want hey. his head and his mustache to get any bigger. <laughs> potato. Yeah, yeah. You and your potatoes. You guys bonded over your love of potatoes and what is it? Abu Dhabi, right? What is happening right Straight now? Straight up vegan. Just eating potatoes all the time. That's Are it, you vegan? Man. Just. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Is that the vegan <laughs> dance? <laughs> I'm, I'm vegan the way Casey is. All right. Lately. Clev 21, <laughs> lightweight. What is stopping the UFC from booking slash announcing Ferguson versus Habib? Are the UFC preparing us for some fuckery? It's fuckery in quotes. <laughs> it's starting to worry me that we haven't gotten an announcement yet. So uh, first of all, I believe it would be Habib versus Ferguson. The champ gets top billing. So uh, Pizzi, are you nervous that the UFC oh. hasn't officially announced Habib versus Ferguson for March? Um, no, because they, they haven't even announced this January fight, right? Like, I mean, when when, when uh, Dana White was asked about the McGregor thing on January 18th, he's like, we don't even have December done. How, <laughs> how are we going to do January? So, I mean, that they don't have a fight that's been targeted for March done, I wouldn't worry about that until February at this rate. <laughs> you know I'm, I mean? not, I'm not... <laughs> I've, I've I said this many a time. I don't think that fight's ever going to happen because I'm a big proponent in... Uh, I'm a pessimist, so if I keep saying it won't happen, it might actually happen because I don't want to get well, my jaded. hopes up. You're jaded, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, you know I mean? We've seen this seen this happen too many times. But I will say that I feel like, and um, Audi Attar won't be happy with me of saying this, but I do feel as though the, the fact that he isn't with Paradigm, the same management company as McGregor, will help him in the lightweight stakes. Yeah, you've, you've got to feel like that, that can't help him. Like, I mean, I don't feel as though like Audie or Tim were, were purposely going out of their way to, to sabotage Tony's uh, title chances. But like, it just makes sense that it would be easier to arrange that if your management company weren't also uh, looking after another lightweight contender and former lightweight champion and also the biggest sports, uh, the biggest star in the sport, you know? 
Yeah, uh, this kind of like it's. This is one of those the Habib Ferguson fights is one of those fights. You know it's happening next. You know you have a targeted date. They're just waiting to announce it. Kind of it's similar to the Stipe versus DC three. Like that fight's gonna happen next. You just don't know where or when. Um, I'm not nervous. They haven't announced Ferguson versus Habib. Just nervous in general, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're just nervous that across fight, the board. <laughs> if that fight, they announce that fight. Say they confirm it. Say they're we're fighting like March whatever in in las vegas or new york or brooklyn wherever it is i still will not be convinced that fight is happening until they are inside the octagon because we've gotten media days we've gotten stare downs habib fell off the day of morning weigh-ins tony fell off like a couple days before the fight i don't think that fight's happening and i'm not going to be like tony ferguson or habib might get hurt walking to the octagon i don't think that fight's happening until they're inside the octagon I'll, uh, I'll make this very easy for you. Um, I hope Brian Tucker's listening to this. I have never been at an event that was supposedly meant to hold the Tony V. Habib fight. So I have not been involved for any of those four dropouts. So I think if you make sure I'm on the ground in Brooklyn or wherever it might be, Brian, it's going to be fine. So that's that's just my two cents on the situation. Upvote that shit. As long as you got your, as long as you got your crystals, we should be golden. And for whatever reason, I'm gonna just be blinging. Bling, I'm gonna wear a whole jacket made of crystals that day. Oh god, oh god! I don't yeah. think the world is. You're ready raging. For that you didn't think about that. You're raging. You didn't think about that before me. A little bit, a little bit. And for whatever reason, the questions aren't loading anymore. So I'm gonna look at the YouTube section. Uh, MMA gods will give us a B versus Tony Ferguson. They spelled Tony Ferguson wrong. Uh, PC should use PC should use more conditioner. Oh man, cold blooded. I don't like you know. I don't even know the difference between the two of them. I just have the bottles, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, clean Dear it. Dear God! You know? All right, another question from Rob Holland. Rosen's Rob Holland. Come on, guys, you got to step up. Rob Holland's bogarting all the questions. Brian Tucker has already said I'm not going. <laughs> Jeez Louise! Well, there goes that. Jarzinho and Protest. his touch. Rosenstreak, Rosenstreak, I'm sorry, I always pronounce his name wrong. Stepping up. Jarzinho Rosenstreak and his touch of death strike again. He now steps up in competition and faces Alistair Overeem. So he knows someone is going down. Question is who? What are your thoughts? Is this the right move for him? Or will a lot set him back after gaining momentum? I like this fight. I actually asked uh, Jarzinho to his face, would you be interested in that fight? And I will add, PC Carroll, what was Jarzinho wearing around his neck after the fight? He was... He was wearing some crystals, and thanks very much for notifying me of that immediately. Oh, <laughs> as soon as he walked backstage, I was like, I turned to Danny Segura and Casey Light. I'm like, you know what I'm going to ask, right? And they're like, huh? I go, look what's around his neck. And Casey's just like, oh, God. So, of course, I had to ask. And every media member was like, God damn it, Jose, you and your crystals. <laughs> but I had to I had to look out for Pizzi and Jessica. We're on Crystal Watch 24-7. But anyway, Jared Zinho. And, 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 the, and the, the man who initiated the Crystal movement for us, uh, Mr. Jared Cannonier. I can't wait to interview that guy again. Let me tell I you that can't, much. I truly am counting the days until Captain Crystal is on MMA Fighting's YouTube channel <laughs> once again. But anyway, Jairzinho fighting Alistair Overeem. Do you like this fight? Is it smart for Overeem to take? Is this smart for Jairzinho to take? Will the loss set back his momentum? Pizza Carol, your thoughts? Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, I think Alistair, um, if he sees any kind of guy that's noted for knockouts and stuff like that, I think he, he fancies his chances as a much more sophisticated striker. You know what I mean? The fact that he has um, 
you know, done so well in K1, beating the likes of Badr Harry and stuff like that. I, yeah. I feel like he's always going to back himself in those situations. So it didn't surprise me that he took it. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like, and, and of course, if you're Jairzinho, you him anymore. Right. You know, it's Alistair over him. Christ. I mean, but you also saw this could be, say he, but say he beats Alistair over him. Now you have a, like, remember the last guy who fought for the heavyweight championship of the world next? That was, you knocked him out at UFC 218, fought for the heavyweight championship of the world at UFC 220 in Boston against Tipe Miocha. So this is very similar, remnants, uh, similar situations to me. The only issue is the five round fight. I will say, I wish the circumstances were different, obviously, because Alistair Overeem's original opponent, Walt Harris, pulled out because of the unfortunate and tragic situation with his stepdaughter. We'll save that for the promo. Uh, but Jairzinho is willing to step up. It does not surprise me Alistair Overeem took the fight because he's said in many a time, doesn't care who he fights, he just likes to compete. Uh, he'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. I think he's really one of those heavyweights. Like Now that he doesn't have to cut weight, He's been in a million fight camps. He knows he knows what to do. He just likes to fight, and he wants to do it against newcomers. So, uh, Jairzinho, I think he has what like a he he's former sparring partner with Tyron Spong and all that stuff. So he has the kickboxing credentials. I think I love this fight. Feels like it's going to be a kickboxing match inside an octagon. Yeah, like I mean, I think over him is is still amazing. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. I really do. Like. Like, I mean, people didn't really know much about the guy, but look at what Pavlovich has done since he fought over him. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's been knocking out everyone. Like, this guy is, over him is still the shit. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I do, I, I, I think the fight makes sense. You know, given the circumstances, I think it makes perfect sense. And because of Jairzinho's knockout on such a big card, you know, it, it's got so much momentum. It's got a good knock-on effect for this card. So, why the hell not? You know what I'm saying? So uh, Pavlovich is uh, the guy he fought in China, correct? Um, I think so. Um, I, I can't I, remember exactly where it was. I read somewhere that that was the biggest, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I breeze this really quickly. I read that that was like the biggest uh, gap in pay between fighters in UFC history. Like Pavlovich, that one surprised me. Pavlovich made like maybe twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand, and then Overy made like eight hundred thousand uh, for that. I think it was a yeah. co-main event fight, but he wanted he went out there and beat him fair and square. Uh, but I love this fight, uh, Jairzinho. Uh, I didn't get to chat with him at all outside of our little crystal chat, but I'm very much. It's five round fight. If he can survive five, if I don't think that fight's getting out of the first round, but I said the same thing about a lot of fights and. Most of the time, I'm wrong. So don't listen to Jose. Uh, you can also go to our Instagram page and watch <laughs> Mark Raimondi do a shooey when he said that Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou would not go past five rounds. And we saw how that turned out. That was out. amazing. That was amazing. The him and Shaheen, right? Wasn't it? Him and Shaheen. RIP to both of them. Uh, moving along. Hardy har har on MMAfighting.com. Edmund Shabazian, new middleweight contender. What's next for him? How would you build him into a contender to face Izzy? Well, first of all, I wouldn't give him Izzy at all in the next 12 months. Uh, he, uh, Edmund Shabazian... He's only 21, for Christ's sake. He wants to be... I believe he just turned 22 or uh, or 23. Oh, well then, uh, feed him to the Lions. Feed him to yeah. the Lions. He's 22. Get him out of there. Right. I don't care anymore. Coming off a violent stoppage win over um, Brad Tavares, head kick, uh, head kick knockout that wasn't even a performance bonus. That just shows you how crazy UFC 244 was. Uh, but the last person to beat Brad Tavares or the last fight Brad Tavares had was against Israel Adesanya, who couldn't do what Edmund Shabazian did in five rounds. Uh, and Edmund Shabazian went out there and did it in one round. Uh, I believe he beat Jack Marshman the first time, the, the previous fight, UFC 235. So he fought the Contender Series. 
And then he fought at the Palms. He's fought at the T-Bombal Arena twice. And now he's fighting an MSG. And he's getting a slight step up in competition every time. Uh, I don't give him Israel Adesanya any time in the next 12 months. But he says his goal is to be the youngest champion in the history of the UFC. Which I believe John Jones did at what? Like 23, 24, something like that. Uh, he says he has a year and eight months to do it. Can Edmund Shabazian become the UFC middleweight champion in the world in the next year and eight months? Or next, what, 20 months? First of all, justice for Edmund Tarverdian. Well done, Shaboyzin. Well <laughs> yes, done. Yes, I forgot you to mention that. You proved it once again. Edmund Tarverdian is one of the greatest coaches of all time. But um, it's would he would he would he solve the tail question? Ooh, ooh. Is that, it seems a bit early, but like I mean, Jesus, that would be exciting, right? Like, wow, I, mean, that I didn't would think be... about that one. That's I love that fight as a martial arts competition. I don't know if they could make that fight. Yeah, I think Darren Till yeah. is so highly well. That, Man, that's such a good fight. I didn't even think about that. I like that fight, honestly. I don't know if they'll make it, but I really like that fight. Not just a pretty face, my friend. Not just a pretty face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, had the Armenian Times talking with him, too, I believe. Uh, they wanted to interview him after. Uh, so uh, Edmund, Edmund Shabazian, uh, middleweight division is filled with these young upstarts all of a sudden. And Edmund Shabazian is kind of the face of it right now. The UFC seems to really want to get behind him. Uh, I'm curious if he gets on that international fight week card and against who. I really like that Darren Till fight. Maybe he fights a Kelvin Gaslam or whoever. But uh, the world is can't. But again, to my question, PT, in the next 20 months, could we see gold wrapped around Edmund Shabazian's waist? No, not in the next 12 months. I don't think so. Especially a guy that's so young like that. I I think the UFC would be foolish to really rush him. I know it's 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 a kind of like the Gaslam situation. Like where do you, you? There's not many places you can go. As in after Tavares, right? Like, I mean, he's yeah. he's got to be top ten, right? Uh, I uh, so yeah, was, it's, yeah. It's gonna, so it's going to be an interesting situation for him. Like, I mean, but I could, like, I mean, in the next twelve months, could he fight three times and none of them be for the title? Absolutely. What about the next twenty? If we just clutch our crystals together at the same time and all put a good focus on this, maybe it could happen. Though, are you holding yours? See, I, I, I mean, am. I am. Are you holding gonna, yours? We're not going to use the power of the crystals. I mean, I'll just hang on, right? I'll what use you, my scissors. I have a scissors, as Pete and Carol said. I have a scissors. I'm see if you're not if people are li- only listening or hearing this. This is me harnessing the powers <laughs> of my crystals in my hand. Pete, get on my level. I literally text Pete every crystal I see in the wild. I text a, a picture scissors. of. T- this is the scissors. These are the scissors I have. Jose has crystals. I have the next best thing, which is scissors. So I walked around saying, if someone sees me in the wild, hand me a, give me a handful of crystals. If you see Pizza Carroll in the wild, apparently he just wants scissors thrown at him. Uh, so I'm Pizza- going to get a lot, a lot of stop wounds. <laughs> Dear God, Pizza, you better have your, your head on a swivel if people are going to be coming at you with scissors all of a sudden. But back to the question at hand. Uh, I don't think Edmund Shabazian will fight for the UFC Championship of the World anytime in the next 20 months. Because uh, we got Israel Asanya versus Yoel Romero that we got to do. We got Israel Asanya versus Paulo Costa. We got Jared Cannonier out there. Uh, we all of a sudden have Darren Tillers emerge. Kevin Gaslam could always get a rematch. So Edmund Shabazian, I do not believe will fight for the championship anytime in the next 12 to 16 months. 20 might be pushing it. But he also said he Hermanson, wasn't in Hermanson would be a good fight for him too. Ooh. Hermanson would be a good fight for him too. It would be. It would difficult be a phenomenal fight. fight. Difficult fight. Yeah, difficult fight. Like, he's good hands. He's a good grappler. But I think, as we saw against Cannonier, 
Um, some the thing that he can't kind of equal some of the guys in that at the top of the division is his stopping power, and obviously Shaboyzin has an unbelievable uh, stopping power as we saw against Tavares. I he Edmund also said he he wants to be the youngest champion, but he doesn't want to rush, which seems like counterproductive to what his ultimate goal was. But he likes the slow climb. Uh, so who would I like the Darren Till fight? The Derek Brunson fight is also there. Uh, I don't want obviously I don't want to give him Robert Whitaker or Yoel Romero or Anderson Silva or any of those guys. So oh man, I like that Darren Till fight. Now that you say it. I really like that Darren Till fight. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'll I'll inject that fight into my veins. But we're gonna move right I, along. I, Go ahead. I'd like him to fight Uriah Hall either. You know, I think Uriah mm. Hall. I, I would have liked Till to fight Uriah Hall in his debut at middleweight, so you could slowly build him towards the title. So maybe that would be a good fight uh, for Edmund because um, you know he's a striker. Uriah is a striker. Could be a fantastic matchup. Long story short. Edmund Chabazin versus fill in the blank of anyone in the top 15, and I will watch the hell out of that fight. And so, Pizza Carol. But we're going to move right along. Actually, a question from the YouTube comments from Emre Usler. I apologize uh, if I I mispronounce that. Why is Justin Gaethje a bad matchup for Conor McGregor? Justin Gaethje lost to Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier when Conor beat them both badly. Interesting question. I've seen a lot of people in the media and fans assume that Justin Gaethje is a terrible matchup for Connor, and it, Justin Gaethje will tear through him, giving his wrestling credentials, cardio, uh, the power he has in his hands. Basically, I Justin Gaethje is a terrible matchup for Connor Gregor. That seems to be like the, the the theme of the lightweight division right now. But when you look at his the last two losses, they were finished. They were TKO losses to Poirier and Eddie, who Connor absolutely dismantled. So. P.T. Carroll, why why is the narrative that Justin Gaethje a bad matchup for Conor McGregor? I mean, they both rely heavily on pressure, and Gaethje is going to keep walking forward until you turn the lights off on him, um, so maybe in that regard. But I also think just the fact that uh, McGregor was making a play for Frankie Edgar, who had already announced that he was going to 135, I think that uh, planted some doubt in people's heads as to what, what is he trying to do here? You know, like, what, like Frankie's talking about going to 135 and he wants to fight him at 55. It's like, what what kind of challenge are you looking for here? And I think when, when people compare Frankie, who had kind of announced he was going to 135 against Justin Gaethje, you can kind of see where people might be drawing that conclusion. I think it's a it's a conglomerate of a lot of things, but I think at the, the height of Connor's power, which was probably the Alvarez fight, yeah. um, you know, it probably would have been a terrible matchup for Justin Gaethje, but... It's been a long, long time since that since that fight. You know, it's three years now. You know, and what what do what evidence do we have to suggest that Connor's anywhere near that guy in terms of an athlete anymore? Because all we have to go on is a boxing fight, um, and the Habib fight, which he was pretty much one sided a one sided loss for him. So I can understand the doubt um, against you know fighters at the 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 top of the fifty five bracket. I can understand it, man. Yeah, and I think just the the. Yes, we haven't seen Connor pick up like his win against Eddie Alvarez is, is one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in the history of the UFC. It was an unbelievable event. event. It was yeah, incredible. Like I mean, that really that really made that was the first MSG card, and that kind of mm-hmm. gave us that sense of magic around that event, and it's still there. You know, as we saw last weekend, it just it, it has remained every time. GSP, Bisping, whatever it was, you know, it always seems to be a really interesting uh, marquee event, and. Um, yeah, I just I just feel like that night he looked like he was in a video game. It looked like um it looked like a fight scene from a movie or something. You know, he he was absolutely flawless. 
And it's similar to I, 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 AK Lee and I talked about this was after UFC 243, Israel Adesanya's performance against Robert Whitaker was his was a similar style performance. Yeah. Pitched a perfect game in a massive record breaking arena. Uh, he's like he's the star. He has this. He's oozing charisma, and he finishes him with a t- the knockout in the second round. That is exactly mm-hmm. what happened to Conor McGregor. Uh, his Eddie Alvarez, uh, Conor McGregor's knockout of Eddie Alvarez was exactly what Israel Adesanya did to Robert Whitaker. I think in the eyes of fans, the performance, everything around it. Like you said, that big fight. You were there. It had that big fight feel. He had the entrance and everything. So uh, two spectacular performances. But uh, to answer the question, two uh, Justin Gaethje since his two losses to Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez has been, looks like a completely different fighter. He's now, uh, it's like strategic violence where he only need, he's not going in there, biting down on his mouth and just throwing everything he has. He's picking his shots and knocking out people in the first, like three straight first row knockouts. I believe in the last three fights combined, he has like, he's maybe absorbed like 30 or 40 strikes total in the three rounds combined. The first round against Michael Johnson he absorbed 50 <laughs> in one round. So we're seeing a different Justin Gaethje. I think the Justin Gaethje we saw against Michael Johnson, against Justin Poirier, against Eddie Alvarez would have had uh, not had has wouldn't have had success as we think against Conor McGregor. The Justin Gaethje of 2019, I believe, is the worst possible matchup for Justin Gaethje, uh, Conor McGregor right now. Just a quick note to Brian Tucker. It was also uh, Adesanya v. Whittaker and uh, McGregor <laughs> v. Alvarez. Two amazing performances. And they both called me afterwards, Connor and Israel, and they were like, that was you, man. That was all you. So, T.I.L. Pizza Carroll is a walking crystal who just who yes! just exudes. I don't need crystals. <laughs> I just need a good scissors and a smile. <laughs> I assure you, you will not be allowed to bring in scissors into a UFC event. That's just a hunch, though. Speaking of what which, if I made him and I was like Mr. Scissors and they were like, oh, he's got to have some fucking scissors on him. He's Mr. Scissors. You want to be called <laughs> Mr. Scissors. Wait, does that not does that mean something else? I have no idea. You want to be. We're here talking about crystals and PTs here. Call me Mr. Scissors. Snip, snip, snip. <sighs> so I'll try another gimmick next time. OK, yeah, I'm every move single on to Mr. Sellotape. You're gonna, oh god! You're gonna be just a rotating gimmick right now, and so one of them actually sticks. But uh, as of now, PT is on Team Crystal. Uh, he took him a long time. I remember the first time we brought it up, he he threw it aside. But we're gonna move right along. Sean Denny, can I borrow PT's phone to watch UFC Moscow? Well, at Cage Warriors Cork, I'll be using mine to stream KSW fifty one. Thanks. You can do whatever you want, Sean Denny. Sean All right, Denny. whatever you want, my friend. We're hopping over to Twitter because people always say to check Twitter. UFC 244 from Tony Tar at Tony underscore Tarhan. This UFC 244, I'm assuming. He doesn't say the event name, but I'm assuming. Uh, this fight proves my view of Nate Diaz being one of the most overrated fighters in MMA. He gets cr- credit for having a crazy chin and cardio. But we have seen him get dominated so many times. It's crazy that so many people think so highly of him. Do you agree? A-side fan from Australia. Wow, shout out from, from Down Under. But uh, similar question was also, uh, I believe, 
tweeted, any chance, Jose, from uh, for, at Frankie Hargan, any chance, Jose, and PC can dispel the myth Nate Diaz is a five-round beast who is definitely going to come back and who is definitely going to come back and beat game-bred fighter Jorge Masvidal. Nate has been to five rounds twice and lost both in the McGregor fight. He lost round four and round five was close. So both questions, very similar. There seemed to be this uh, argument that Nate Diaz picks up the pace in the later rounds and maybe loses the earlier rounds comes back and wins the final rounds. Uh, both of these uh, Twitter questions want to us to dispel that. Uh, so, PC, I would like to hear your thoughts. You've obviously watched Nate Diaz, his, I'm assuming, his whole career, as have I. Is, the, is this idea that Nate Diaz is a five-round fighter and comes back in the round four and five true? Uh, or is this just what we're... Or is this something that we're kind of concocting in our head to... to we didn't get rounds four and five against Hori Masvidal because of the cut over Nate Diaz. I'm surprised no one's asked us about mm. this today. The fight, the doctor stopped the cut because of a cut between rounds three and four. So fans were robbed of four and five against the fight against Hori Masvidal. Nate Diaz said those are the rounds he was going to come back on. It seems a lot of fight, a lot of fans are like, "Well, we lost the final rounds. Nate Diaz would have won if we got those two. Is the so is the idea that Nate could have come back in rounds four and five? Do you agree with those? And is Nate Diaz truly? A later round fighter. I, I hate even kind of, you know, forecasting what could happen in yeah. the last two rounds um, because that's that's what happened. It got taken away from us. We have to deal with that. You know that that's why you get so much outrage and way too much outrage. If if you've read uh, the article that Stephen did, I mean, it's it's ridiculous the shit that that doctor had to put up with. But um, you know, I feel like. Um, I think he has an amazing cardio. You know, I don't. I don't think that's a question at all. Is he overrated? No. Like, I mean, he, he beat Conor McGregor, who was this unstoppable force to the time. He better a former champion and Anthony Pettis in his last outing. I mean, I think it's it's ridiculous to suggest he's he's overrated. And I think his cardio has been one of his most um, valuable tools. So, kind of disagree with that as well. I'm not going to say. Nate would have won four and five. He was going to submit him in the fifth. I saw all this crazy shit going on. Calm down, lads. We don't know what would have happened there. Yeah. Masvidal looked sensational for three rounds. That's all we can go off. That's what happened, and that's the way it is. I agree. Uh, I do. I am on the side that Nate Diaz is a later round fighter. He he's only been around five twice. Blah blah blah. But like you watched, he, we talked about this on Coffee Talk. He definitely lost the first round to Michael Johnson. Uh, on that ESPN card, and then he came back and just beat yeah. the soul out of him, and then called out Conor McGregor. Got the got beat up pretty bad in that first round against Conor McGregor, and then yes, it was the second round, but Conor his his car, Conor's cardio fell, and Nate Diaz was still right there where it was always. Uh, as this uh, one of our, our our Twitter followers mentioned, won the fourth round against, did really well against. I can't remember if it was around three or four against Conor, and then Conor came back and won the later rounds. Uh, same thing with Anthony Pettis. I believe lost the first round and then came back in the second and third round to win. Those are some three-round fights in there, but this this idea that Nate Diaz's cardio is not a weapon is nonsense. I don't know if it would have helped him against Jorge Masvidal because what these Twitter questions aren't saying is Nate Diaz said he had a knee injury going into that yeah. fight, so he couldn't even run. So his cardio... he. This is the first time I've heard Nate ever say he wasn't confident in a fight. He wasn't confident his cardio could carry him. That's Those are his exact words. So he was uh, taking it slow the first few rounds, and then he was going to pick it up around four and five, and he said he could feel Jorge Masvidal getting tired and kind of breathing heavier, and then the fight ended, and he said he felt his opportunity to come back was taken away from him. I don't know how true that is, uh, but that's what Nate said. I believe he had a knee injury. I do believe his stamina wasn't on point. 
I don't know if it would have helped him around four and five because Jorge Masvidal is good cardio too. He's done triathlons yeah. uh, all the time too. Incredible. So I don't know, but I'm just, I am disappointed we didn't get rounds four and five. I'm just going to make the one point at the end of this because we didn't really get to talk about that fight that much. And it's not really a point. It's more of a question to you. Do you believe if the shoe was on the opposite foot and Diaz had had the performance that Masvidal had, would the UFC be immediately open to a rematch for Masvidal? Hmm. That's a good question. I think, um, that, I, think, I think they would be more open to it. That's, that's my idea anyway. I feel like Nate has been kind of... I feel his pain. You know, I can yeah. fe- I can feel the angst within him when he's talking about this. And I, I was kind of thinking to myself, if if Nate had done that um, and it was stopped like that, I think he, like Masvidal did, would have said, this, is, this isn't this is the thing. It would have just been more likely for the UFC to, to go, well, at least Dana White to openly say he was considering it rather than kind of going, meh, to the Diaz rematch. So is this scenario you're presenting, is the fight that was playing out is it the same fight? Like so, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, it's the same do- fight. It's the same so Jorge exactly Masvidal. So dominates three rounds, and then but he gets one cut, say from one punch, and the doctor no, no, stops. No. Diaz, Diaz dominates Masvidal. Oh. He get, Masvidal gets caught. Hmm. I think they. I yeah. I I I tend to agree with you. Jorge Masvidal is kind of the man right now. Uh, it's similar to like when Connor lost to Nate. And he got the immediate rematch, but like if Nate had lost, there's there's no way they would have booked that rematch. I, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Nate Nate himself did say, "What did he say?" He's like, "I see the fuckery coming. Uh, they're not going to give me what I want. This and that." So yeah, I do tend to agree with you. Uh, but both fighters, it seems like the only one not open to an immediate rematch is Dana White. I mean, Jorge Masvidal said he's down for the biggest payday, and I don't blame him. Uh, Nate's one of those guys, and if the fans want it badly enough, because I don't know if how it came off in the broadcast. I've said that before. The fans were not happy at that doctor when they stopped the fight. The fans behind me were getting ready to throw things into the octagon. Like, they were picking things up and getting ready to chuck them. Uh, and Dude, they sabotaged the guy's business. They sabotaged the guy's business. Yeah. Like, you've gone too fucking fire, lads. Like, I mean, the dude's doing his job and you're leaving Yelp reviews and shit. That, that's crazy, man. What's wrong with people? What, what the fuck is wrong with these they people? They wanted to see violence. Corey Miserwell has said... Uh, what he, he doesn't want to yeah, be. Yeah, okay. You can, you can be, be like frenzied in it. Like, I want to see violence. But you go home, and two days later, you're like, where's Yelp? Oh, you know? yeah. Well, Yelp, re- Yelp reviewers in general, I, I'm i not a big fan of Yelp because you're. You, That's another conversation for another time. Uh, you're just ruining, you're ruining people's businesses for just because, like, what? You got, like, a, a, a napkin folded incorrectly. Like, napkin, <laughs> not fold correctly. Three out of five. Everything else was great. Like, get out of here. I do, I do like reading them just to see the, the shoot. Nate Jorge wants to wants to fight the biggest. I think his his exact words were, "I don't want to be." He's so he said, "I'm the most." Fu- he, if my opponent was would have won, and the only reason I won is because my opponent fell down. Is pretty much what he said. He doesn't like that idea, but he wants to get paid first. Doesn't care who it is or when. He wants to get the most zeros at the end of his check. I like that Nate fight. I want to see that Nate fight run back. Casey Lydon really wants that fight run back. Um, but I'll ask you, if this was any other fight, like say this was just a three-round fight between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, it wasn't for the BMF Championship of the World, it wasn't in Madison Square Garden, The Rock isn't there, it's doing all this, are we having the same reaction or is it So it, it stopped between two and three. Yeah. So after the second round, it stopped. Ah, oh, there'd be more there. No, like, it'd still be the same, I think, yeah. But I think the fact that it was for the BMF Championship of the World, like the BMF Championship was decided by a doctor. Not a fighter, not the judges. 
a doctor. Like Nate wasn't finished. He just had a cut. And did you see that photo that our own uh, Esther Lynn spliced yes, together? Yes, the, the so brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Same, same cut. And Nate said he yeah. didn't even want to fight in November. He wanted to take the rest of the year off because he needed like he, – he knew that cut. He said he, that cut came open in camp. He said, you breathe, you sneeze on me, I bleed, but blood don't hurt. Uh, he said he was fine. Uh, it was just a cut. I don't disagree with the doctor stoppage. Uh, I don't like the idea of a quote-unquote what – is, what is an early doctor stoppage? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think that Chael Sonnen said <laughs> something similar. Out, yeah. Like I don't understand what an early doctor stoppage means. If if you can see his skull, stop the fight. Uh, but Nate Diaz said like I was fine. Uh, if he won fair and square, I want to run it back. But he doesn't think he's going to run it back. I want that fight ASAP because I just like that fight. I think it's a high level martial arts fight and let the rest of the welterweights do their thing. Leon Edwards, Tyron Woodley, all those people, Stephen Thompson, you name it. There's a whole bunch of fun fights at welterweight. But uh, anything else you want to say on that fight, Pete? Uh, I know you watched it over on the other side of the world at a crazy hour over through the television. Um, no, no, I don't have anything else. I, it's um, no, I don't. I don't really. <laughs> I, I can just. I can. I just heard the sound of a thousand laptops going when I saw the Rock walking out with the toilet. I was like, ah, oh, shit. But it didn't have that bad. It didn't have that bad. Uh, reaction over here it's just when i was looking at that i was like this is going to be used um as ammunition against me when i do another one of those live radio debates where we're talking about is mma a sport or is it just blah 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 but uh no it doesn't seem to happen uh, they only seem to really watch and criticize when connor's fighting so yeah yeah we got away with that one uh connor said we were robbed of a war or robbed of a classic with losing those rounds four and five do you agree um, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I thought I thought it was like I mean, I was still very intrigued by what was happening in that fight. I loved you know? that. That like, fight was I, fun to watch. And Masvidal was absolutely sensational. But you just can't ever write Diaz off. That's what the beauty of him, right? And and even though it was happening in round three, I was like, you know, and there was moments where you're like, Ugh. <laughs> where it looked like Masvidal could could have ended the fight very quickly in the first round as well. It's like. Yeah, I was still hanging on. I was still on the edge of my seat watching that when they stopped it. You know, I was. Uh, it was a little bit. I laughed. I said this on the A side when the doctor waved it off. I could not stop laughing. I thought I. My exact thought was this. But makes it's ironic. A lot. It's very ironic. It's I was like, ironic. this makes a lot of sense right now. I go because as fight fans, we're not allowed to have anything nice. Uh, every time we want, every time we think something great is going to happen, we're going to get this epic uh, fight. It's not going to work out. Uh, so I could not stop laughing, and I said, "You know what? We deserve this because we thought we were gonna we thought we were gonna get something that we wanted. How dare MMA fans be happy? And the MMA fight gods were like, "How dare you? We will smite you and take the rounds four and five away from you." That is exactly what I, my, the thought process I had going on. Uh, I had a biggest smile on my face, and I was like, "Oh my god, this that I, is so on brand for you, Jonah. That is so I on brand for you, man." I can't. I was like, this is the this fight makes so much sense. But a few more Twitter questions. Uh, Jessica Napik tuning in. Uh, why didn't yeah! PT make it? Why didn't PT make it out to UFC 240? Bummed I didn't run into you guys. Hopefully in event 2020, we can all do a shot of beer together. Also, I gave Dan Hardy some crystals on Friday because he's a crystal guy. So it's not just us Americans, PT. 
Oh man, there's a very funny video of actually the Raptors and Dan Hardy in a crystal shop and they're just oh, pissing my. themselves laughing at the name of them. They're like looking through and and uh, James Mystery from um, from the Raptors is asking Dan what the each one of them does and it's hilarious because he doesn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, you should check that out. But uh, yeah, uh, why wasn't I there? Um, Jose blocked it. That's, that's pretty yeah. much what happened. He was like, yeah. I'm not fucking going if Petey's there. Because we're going to have to start street fighting at every yeah. moment we see each other. And there's only so many crystals in the world, Jess. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and I'll add on to that. I gave Pete an ultimatum that he would have to use conditioner for the first time in his life. Uh, I go, Pete, if you don't use conditioner, you are not allowed in New York City. And he said, well, then I guess I'm not going to New York City. I'm just going to have flat hair the rest of my life. Well, look, guys, I'm going to stick to my guns. So until Pete Carroll decides that... Uh, he know he's going to use conditioner. He will never set foot on American soil. And if you see him and you see his flat hair walking around, you tell me because I'll go find him. If he's if he's loitering around Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I'll go over there and kick him in, kick him into Canada. If he's just dancing around Hidalgo, Texas, I'll throw him into Mexico. If he's just like hopscotting away around Los Angeles, I'll toss him into the Pacific Ocean. Pete Carroll, do not come to America until you learn how to use conditioner. I'm just going to hold Jose down and shave him bald as he screams wow. for his life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we, you know what? You're going to shave me or you're going to use... Stop it. And then it'll be like, why aren't you using... Throwing your, crystals at me and shit. Why aren't you using your scissors, Mr. Scissor? <laughs> Stopping him. <laughs> That's All what right. stabbing sounds like. That's what stabbing sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening in this podcast? All right, we got one final question, and it's going to stay on brand from Louise at Metraxia. Who's the pound-for-pound pound crystal weight top crystal weight fighters? <laughs> fighters who worship crystals. I'm not kidding. Look at the look at the Twitter. Look at the look at this tweet we got on the hashtag the A side. Oh <laughs> PC Carroll is unconsolable right now. Number one uh, is Jared Cannonier. It all started with him. Captain that Crystal. Is, Captain Crystal, man. Captain Crystal, King Crystal, Jerry Cannonier. Number two, Jairzinho. Uh, Maquan Americani. Dan Hardy. Maquan Americani had a crystal around his neck at media day. Didn't seem to help him help him out in that fight. We didn't even talk about that fight. Shane Burgos absolutely beat the soul out of Maquan Americani and just ate him alive. <laughs> but if you guys can think of any, and actually got a couple likes too, if you guys can think of any other comments for next week, I'm sure Pizza Carroll is going to be back. All, Can I see like, Angela Hill? Can I see Angela Hill talking about crystals once in a while? One of our threads about God, crystals. I hope so. People are going to be so mad listening to this. People are going to be so mad. Well, it's called the crystal side now. Get over it. Deal I don't it. know if you saw, if you watched uh, the coffee talk on on uh, that came out after UFC 240 with me, Casey, Esther, and Danny, and they, we had a whiteboard behind us and we wrote coffee talk UFC 244 just so it had. And Casey crossed it out and wrote crystal talk. Yes. <laughs> I have a voice bit of what had it on in the background because I was recording Eurobash on Monday when it came out. Uh, so I need to give it I need to give it the sit down on the proper one. I actually love that feature. I, I love it brilliant. too. I think it's one of Fair play uh, Casey and Esther, the geniuses, the dynamic duo. The greatest Trust them with everything. The greatest of all time. I'm I don't see anything else on Twitter. I'm seeing a lot of things saying on our YouTube's comments saying Mazudal's overrated. No, Nate is overrated. Uh 
Nate would have submitted him in the fourth round. Being a punching bag is not good long-term for strategy. Jorge Masvidal was gassing. So uh, the fact that people are arguing in our comment section about who would have won is, I, dude, I'm about that fight. Uh, all right, but we're going to wrap up. Pizzi, as always, you know, the end of the show, we ran a little long this time. But again, I can talk. Pizza, everyone keeps asking for Pizzi Carroll on the A side. So I'm, getting, I'm giving him more time than usual. So Pizzi, as always, promo time. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, this weekend, a uh, big event for Irish MMA. So as you guys know, uh, the last time a lot of Irish fighters were in the UFC, they all came from Cage Warriors. Well, pretty much 90% of them came from Cage Warriors. It's a big deal because Cage Warriors are coming back to Ireland this weekend, and it's like a whole new cast of Irish fighters that we're all very excited with on the ground here. So um, I guess we're looking forward to it in Ireland. It's a big thing for us because... We're going to get to see for the first time, or at least we hope, a showcase of the future Irish uh, UFC fighters. So that's something you should check out if, if you are looking for some uh, fights on Saturday besides the Moscow card. Uh, there's a really good main event there with Reese McKee. He's kind of the front runner to be the next guy signed to the UFC. Obviously, if you have a Cage Warriors belt, it's like getting the golden ticket. Reese uh, will enter the title conversation if he gets a win over Hacken Foss, who's an incredibly aggressive uh, striker as is Reese should be a really good main event if you're not going to check out anything else on the card make sure you check out that main event and um, also a lot of people excited about Ian Gary a 2-0 prospect coming out of uh, Chris Fields and Tom King's Team KF he looks exceptional in his two fights so far um, probably to me you know, he, he looks like the, the finished article so early on in his career, and it's very, very exciting. Uh, so that's my promo. Not as aggressive as usual, but, you know, it's there anyway. I did it. Well said, Pizza Carroll. I always tune to him for our non-UFC European uh, fight information. Uh, I know he spit that. Re he was spitting hot venom when K uh, KSW was putting on that big promotion uh bit that big fight and i think a lot of i think more people in america turned into that fight than ever before all thanks to pizza carol and his uh violent vitriol uh but for, <laughs> for my promo uh i am excited to talk about how everyone does not want a lot of people i was seeing don't want israel to sign versus yola Romero based on the fact that yola Romero is coming off a loss and this and that casey light and i were trying ah, to come on casey and i were trying to come up with uh, a list of fighters who were coming off of a loss all down so that would mean like frankie edgar going down to featherweight from lightweight and immediately fighting jose aldo would not count or like uh, a fighter a former champion like ronda rousey then immediately fighting amanda nunez or maybe a fighter uh, taking a fight on short notice like Yola Romero's done against Luke Rockhold when he took that fight on short notice and missed weight down Australia. The only one I can think of is Alexander Gustafsson got knocked out by Anthony Johnson. And then the very next fight, he fought Daniel Cormier for the light heavyweight championship of the world. That's the only one I can think of. Ooh. Yeah, no, it, I mean, I guess McGregor losing to Mayweather and then fighting Habib doesn't <laughs> count, right? I don't think that would count. I said the same. I go, we count a Maymac in case he was like, get out of here. But anyway, uh, a lot of people were upset with the idea that Yo Romero might skip the queue or like skip the queue and fight Israel Asanya next. Uh, basically because Paulo Costa might be on the shelf for a while. Uh, and Yo Romero had just lost to Paulo Costa. Uh, he also lost to Robert Whitaker twice. Uh, so people maybe wanted like a Jared Cannonier type fighter, someone that actually deserves it. And uh, Casey was kind of in that too. He didn't really know. He was like 50-50. And I, I liked that fight, but I didn't know if he deserved it. And then I asked uh, Jorge Mazal to his face right at the end of the scrum, what do you make that was of, brilliant. What do you make of Joel Romero? Or what do you make of Joel Romero uh, fighting Israel Asani next? And 
Jorge Masvidal looked at me in my face and told me the best story. And if he doesn't do like the voiceover countdown for that fight, the UFC's they're messing up because I watched that. It was like a 80 second clip, and I watched it with Casey. And Casey's like, "I'm sold. I want that fight so badly." Like in it those days, Jorge Masvidal said he ran into Israel Adesanya in July. They were both in the club in Las Vegas after Jorge Masvidal's uh, uh, flying needs KO of Ben Askren, and he and he said Israel Adesanya came up to him and said, "I know you, Romero's your boy. I know you guys have have a lot of history, but I have to fight him." Uh, my legacy won't be complete until I beat that guy. I don't care if it's for a belt or not. I can't be considered the greatest until I beat Joel Romero because he is the baddest dude in this division. And he's Joel, and Jorge Masvidal said he gained so much respect for Israel Adesanya because no one asked to fight Joel. They get forced to fight Joel. And Israel Adesanya says, I don't care when I fight him or if it's for a title. I have to fight this guy for my legacy. And that story was 80 seconds long. Brilliant. And I was like, God damn, I want this fight so badly right now. Jorge Masvidal sold it, on, sold it to me. And then I go, I followed up. I go, do you think Izzy can win? And he says, Israel Adesanya has more talent in my finger than I've ever seen oh, anyone I love have. that answer. I love that answer. He yeah, said, brilliant. could Yoel Romero beat him? Absolutely. Could Israel Adesanya beat him? Absolutely. And you know, Yoel Romero and Jorge Masvidal are such close friends that you know, Jorge Masvidal, if it's anyone other than Izzy, Jorge Masvidal, more than any count, any hour-long countdown ever could. That not even Hori Masvidal is sure who would win that fight. And I am so sold on that fight that if that fight isn't made, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind because that fight is awesome. I God inject that fight into my veins. <laughs> I need that fight so badly. Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. Israel Adesanya wants it. Yoel Romero wants it. Dana White, of course, says Yoel Romero has to win one more fight, and it makes my blood boil thinking about that. But anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna get real angry. My hair's gonna turn white from anger, not hair dye this time. So, but anything else <laughs> you want to say, Pizzi, before my skin starts to turn red? Dan Henderson lost to Quinton Jackson for the low heavyweight title in his next fight. He fought Anderson Silva for the well, middleweight title. Okay, so that I don't think that oh, quite stipulations counts. Stipulations again, another stipulation. Stipulations, Christ, I'm giving you two answers. Stipulations because uh, Dan Henderson was the pride light heavyweight middleweight championship of the world, so he put his title on the line. His, there was a title unification fight against uh, Dan uh, Rampage and a, and a title unification fight against Anderson Silva. So we're, those are back to back champ versus champ fights. Uh, so it's not changing the rules. Change the goal no, post. you're change just making change the goalposts. Changing the goalposts. <laughs> you're wrong, Pizza Carroll. Per <laughs> usual, wrong. I'm right twice. I'm right twice. Imagine if answers. imagine if we lived in a world where Pizza Carroll was right. That'd be unfathomable. <laughs> anyway. Right. <laughs> anyway, for this episode of the A-Side, we're going to wrap up here real quick. This has been Jose. That's Pizzi. Mr. Scissors. For those of you not watching and they're only listening, uh, Pizzi Carroll is doing a dance with a pair of scissors right now. So if you... So if you see Pizzi, if you see me, give me some crystals. If you see Pizzi, uh, throw a pair of scissors at him because that's what he wants. <laughs> Dear God, right what now. But oh, I wish people, I wish people could see you right now. People that are going to be listening to this later on. Uh, but as usual, this will be up on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all that fun stuff. This has been Jose Youngs. You can find me at Jose Youngs on Twitter and Instagram. That's been Pizzi Carroll. You can find him at Pizzi Carroll on Twitter and Instagram uh, for. Stick around on the MMA Fighting YouTube page. He does great stuff with Eurobass. He's had an 
absolutely fantastic article with Patty Houlihan that just came out this morning. If you haven't read it, stop what you're doing right now. Actually, wait for this to be over and then go read it. Uh, Damon Martin, Guillerme, AK Lee, they all have phenomenal stuff coming out. Go, go to our YouTube page and watch all of our UFC 244 stuff. Peachy's still dancing for Jose. This bit, that's been Peachy. We're out.